Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to AOA. Thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate it. Lots to talk about today, lots to go over. We hope it's a good day for you. A lot to think about as we go into this uh, weekend commemorating uh, what happened 20 years ago. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Our guest today, Steve Sinsky, CEO of the American Soybean Association. Danielle Beck with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. want to talk about spending bills and proposed tax changes to pay for them. Got a lot to talk about there. Also today, Arlen Suderman with StoneX. Big report out today. Um, we'll, we're talking before the numbers come out, although we've already had a bit of a sneak preview. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some other things concerning the ag economy and the general economy. Plus, uh, just to mention that on Monday, we'll have a complete analysis of today's report. So all that coming up on today's program. Let me just say something quickly, though. Uh, and we'll get into this more with Steve Sinsky and Danielle Beck. Some interesting comments from Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack. Now, I realize he's part of the administration, and he's trying to be a team player, and he's, he's pushing to get the, these uh, spending bills passed, and there's a lot in there for agriculture. Not denying that. But when he comes out and says, as Secretary Vilsack did and I think this is a quote that is going to be repeated often and he'll be reminded of often he said keeping step-up basis doesn't protect farmers it protects investors the people who are going to pay tax under this proposal have never plowed an acre okay step-up basis is one of the things that agriculture has been willing to you know stand and defend draw a line and say we need to protect this and i i don't think i've ever heard secretary vilsack say anything like this before now where did this revelation come from that all of a sudden step up basis isn't that important that it's not a critical uh thing to protect haven't heard him say that before now did some revelation happen, or is he just uh, doing his part as a team member with this administration to try to push uh, a narrative here to get something passed? We'll, we'll, we'll be talking a lot more about this in the days to come, because this is an issue that is very important to agriculture. And I know there's controversy around it and differences of opinion when it comes to inheritance taxes, the death tax, if you will, step-up basis. Some people say it's you know, maybe not as important as other, some have, many have said step-up base is more important than the other things in the uh, that are being proposed with tax changes. So all of a sudden for the Secretary of Agriculture to come out and say, well, it's not that important. It doesn't protect farmers. When about every ag group uh, has said it does, this is a major statement. And I think it makes a lot of people in agriculture question what's happening here because they felt pretty comfortable with Secretary Vilsack coming back with some uncertainty in the other parts of the administration they thought this was kind of safe ground and uh, they kind of knew what they were getting in Secretary Vilsack 
And then for him to make a statement like this, I think is eye-opening and concerning. Um, here's my thing with all this, with all this spending. And again, a lot of things being proposed, a lot of areas that would help agriculture and things that agriculture is advocating, uh, advocated for a number of years that they needed money for. But at what cost? It's that carrot and stick approach. You have the carrots being dangled in front of them. Here's a lot of things that you're asking for, and we're offering them, but the stick is watch out for the taxes. We're going to make changes in the taxes that you're not going to like. So are you willing to, to take the stick to get the carrots? And I think that's what uh, agriculture is faced with right now. More on that coming up. All right. The question that many are asking and answering to themselves anyway or publicly as we get ready to observe tomorrow the 20-year anniversary of 9-11. Of the big question is, where were you? What do you remember about that day 20 years ago? I know where I was. I remember distinctly I was in Dodge City, Kansas, getting ready for a radio broadcast that day. remember coming down from my hotel room down into the lobby, going to get some breakfast. The TV was on. And at that point, it was still early. It looked like to most of us that a plane had just, there'd been a terrible accident and a plane had, had hit the, uh, the tower. And it kind of was just thought of as a, a bad accident. And then as we started seeing more happening and another plane hit, and then we realized that it was much more than just an accident. What I remember about that day is going on the air, really not knowing fully what was going on and trying to make sense of it all and try to figure it out. And we were asking questions and didn't have answers. I heard from one of the people uh, that was on that broadcast with me. I got an email from him yesterday and uh, he made an interesting statement that I agree with. Some things about that day 20 years ago, I remember like it was yesterday and some other parts of it were kind of a blur. Um, I also remember um, trying to get through that broadcast, my mind was everywhere else, like everybody else, wondering what was going on, what would be next, where are my f family members, you know, are they safe? So many things going through my mind doing that broadcast. And what I remember is what happened later. Driving home that day, driving across the state of Kansas, it was so quiet. It was eerily silent, and everything just seems like it was had come to a standstill wondering what was going on and what was going to happen next and I remember in the days following that taking phone calls and hearing from listeners and the 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 sadness in their voices and the concern and the and the fear and a lot of heartfelt emotions were expressed and the thing I remember in the days following 9-11 is how the country came together unified solidified and, you know, even our politicians did. And where is that now? 20 years later, people ask, where are we? How, what did we learn from that? Well, we didn't learn the lessons of, of unity, did we? I mean, we're more divided now than we were 20 years ago. And to me, that's, that is so sad. Uh, we remember those who, who lost their lives that day and the, and the lives that were impacted by it. And our heart goes out to them and we remember them, but we also need to remember how we came together and how we need to do that again. We have to, it shouldn't take a, a tragedy, it shouldn't take a, a disaster to bring us together. We've got to find ways to work through our differences. 
We may disagree, but we got to find a way to work together. We did shortly after 9-11, but we've let that fade, and now we're more divided than ever. We have to find a way to come back together. And it shouldn't take a tragedy for that to happen. We've got to find it now while we can before something else happens. I mean, we we really need to learn the lessons of how we need to stick together and work together if we're going to keep moving forward in a positive way. And we've gone, we've let ourselves kind of get divided into camps so much that we can't seem to find the common goals here that we used to seem to share and work towards. And hopefully we will be able to again. All right, we got a lot to talk about on today's show. Stay with us. This is AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Heading to Husker Harvest Days in Grand Island, Nebraska this year? Be sure to stop by the Syngenta booth to talk with local agronomists and product experts. Then walk across the aisle and visit the Syngenta Square to relax and enjoy a cold beverage. Mike Adams of Adams on Agriculture will be broadcasting live all three days from Syngenta booth 1106. Stop by to watch the show live at 9 a.m. That's booth 1106 at 9 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in Grand Island at Husker Harvest Days. Every Tuesday, we're sitting around the table, sponsored by CHS, where we'll be talking with folks from throughout the cooperative system. Join us as we discover what makes cooperatives unique when there are more options to do business with than ever before. We'll learn how farmers and ranchers like you benefit from a system where decisions are made by the members that own it. Tune in every Tuesday for Around the Table or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable, now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. Progressive Farmer knows you need content delivered on multiple platforms, so it's available when you want it. That's why we've created our weekly podcast, Field Posts, to bring you convenient and easy-to-listen-to interviews on key topics and trends. Join me, Sarah Mock, as I interview some of agriculture's best thoughts. You'll have a front-row seat to learn what's happening in agriculture today. You can view our library of podcasts and upcoming topics by going to dtnpf.com backslash fieldposts. Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision. You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I first was diagnosed with glaucoma. There were no symptoms. I had no headaches. Three million Americans have glaucoma, and half don't even know it. Eleven million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility, independence, changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes, and I don't want to lose that. 
Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Okay, so we have a lot to to talk about. House Democrats proposing historic funding for conservation programs, ag research, renewable energy, and forestry and other climate-related priorities. That's part of this $3.5 trillion tax and spending package. I mentioned earlier I'm concerned about how to pay for this. It's the cost, the carrot and stick thing. Uh, Are you willing to take the stick uh, to get the carrots? Uh, also, Secretary Vilsack uh, talking about use of uh, renewables and aviation fuel. That could be a positive for the biofuels industry. But there were some other things he said that I uh, want to talk about with our next guest, Steve Sinsky, CEO of the American Soybean Association. Steve, thanks for joining us. Great to be with you, Mike. Thanks. Okay. So here's the quote. I said this earlier. I think this quote is going to be repeated often and really tied with Secretary Vilsack moving forward. When he says, keeping step-up basis doesn't protect farmers, it protects investors. The people who are going to pay tax under the proposal have never plowed an acre. What do you think of that? I mean, step-up basis has been one of the things agriculture most defends. And now the Secretary of Agriculture comes out and says it doesn't protect farmers. What's your reaction to that? really disappointed in that statement and and it really shows uh that you know we really need secretary to get out and visit with farmers um who are trying to pass on their operations to the next generations and have taken a look at what this uh proposal uh being considered on stepped up basis would mean uh, and you would have that tax liability hanging over and to think that you know the exemption that the secretary mentions that it would be there would be no tax if it's passed on to a family member that stays in operation. Well, you still have that tax liability hanging over the operation that entire time that doesn't exist now, and uh, it would make it harder for beginning farmers and ranchers to enter because it's going to increase the cost of land. And what do you do when, as you well know, Mike, you have numerous siblings that are there and there might be only one member of the family continuing to operate how's that going to be treated by the irs you know that the irs rules are going to screw it up and make it so onerous that there's little benefit steve you've been part of uh usda uh you know what it's like you're part of the team and uh you work for the president and you're part of the administration uh, I mean, I'm just wondering where this comes from. I haven't heard Secretary Vilsack say anything like this before in many years of public service and in his years at USDA. Uh, so either some revelation has hit, uh, some uh, light has come on that he's he's seen uh, a different path to go down, or he's being a team member here and he's pushing for something that the administration wants. Uh, uh, what do you think's going on here? You know, I think it's probably the latter. I think it is, uh, you know, there is the expectation among policy officials, especially on the secretary, uh, that they're going to go out and be advocates for the president's proposals. 
and I think that's probably exactly what he's what he was doing and trying to do. Um, but uh, you know, it really has uh, struck you know farmers and ranchers the wrong way because American agriculture has been basically united uh, against this and pointing out what the problems are. Just as you know, Mike, last week um, uh, the American Soybean Association along with every state affiliate that we have and uh, joined. We were part of 337 agriculture organizations that sent letters to the House and the Senate leadership pointing out why this would be bad for American agriculture. We have Democrats like former Ag Chairman Colin Peterson saying this proposal on stepped-up basis would be uh, have a more negative impact on the future of agriculture than almost any proposal that he's ever seen. Yeah, I, I kind of think he's taking one for the team, Team Biden, if you will. And I think a lot of farmers and ranchers are going to say, wait a minute, shouldn't the Secretary of Agriculture be on our team? And it doesn't sound like he is when he makes a statement like this. Uh, we're talking with Steve Sinsky, CEO of the American Soybean Association. All right, Steve, so th- this spending proposal, this $3.5 has a lot of things in it for agriculture, uh, things that many in agriculture have been wanting for some time. I call this a carrot-and-stick situation. Uh, the, the dangling of this money over important projects and things that's the carrot. The stick is these proposed tax changes to pay for it. And I guess it comes down to, are you willing to take that stick in order to get the carrots? Isn't that the decision or isn't that the dilemma that agriculture finds itself in? I think it will be. Um, and, and I think there will be some. But I think uh, certainly, you know, our position at the American Soybean Association and I think this, you know, each organization is going to have to make their own decision. But our membership has been strong in saying us that the stepped-up basis, the pay-fors, despite all of the carrots in there, if the stick is a change that affects negatively the tax treatment of farmers and ranchers, like the uh, elimination of stepped-up basis, um, that's a poison pill, and uh, they will, we will oppose the package with every ounce of strength that we have. That's the line in the sand right there. That is the line in the sand. Uh, as you say, there's a lot of things to like in the, uh, you know, that the, the House Agriculture Committee is going to be marking up today. Um, you know, they have almost $8 billion there in research. Uh, funding increases to kind of close the gap with some of our competitors and do some really good research and invest in good programs. They have $18 billion in rural development. Um, You know, uh, around $28 billion is going to be in conservation programs for the working lands conservation programs that we strongly support. And, And a lot of these, and $40 billion for forestry and wildfire prevention, these are bipartisan things that people on both sides of the aisle support, but um, the, the question is that this is going to be folded into the larger package. What, does, what are the other elements of this $3.5 trillion package, and how are they going to pay for it? Yeah, some would say, well, you can't afford not to, to go with this because this is a, our way to get these things. Others would say, but you can't afford to back it because in the long run it's going to do more harm than good well and certainly we think um you know if it does contain 
um, you know, affect the tax treatment of farmers and the ability of, uh, you know, the future of farming and to pass down their operations and to have tax liabilities hanging over, uh, you know, a farmer's operation, uh, then that is that long-term, you know, negative that we think would, would outweigh the many positives that might be in it. Uh, one other note before we let you go, uh, something more positive, the use of renewables in aviation fuel, that could open up some market opportunities for the biofuels industry. Yes, we think so. Um, you know, we we're excited to see, you know, the the, the commitment uh, from from the airline industry to to, uh, you know, increase their use of renewable aviation fuel, sustainable aviation fuel. And we think that's good. Uh, we want to make sure that soybean oil, um, vegetable oils qualify as part of that. Um, and, um, you know, it just all adds for the demand, uh, which is good for not only for, for soybean farmers, but, you know, they're talking, you know, I know that the, the ethanol industry is interested in ethanol to aviation fuel. Uh, there's biomass uh, to aviation fuel. And so there's, you know, a lot of research uh, that's being done. There are pathways already. The vegetable oil already, you know, there is a pathway there and can be used. And so, you know, we're there right now, and we think this is good for, for American soybean farmers. Yeah, it's good. A good proposal and good move in the right direction makes you wonder why they don't more fully back the use of the renewables in our vehicles on the ground, not just in the air. Yeah, yeah, and that that is absolutely the key, Mike. It, you know, it's all of the above. It's the liquid transportation fuels. We have an opportunity to decarbonize our fuel market right now in on the road, uh, in our vehicles on the road, and that's what we need to be doing. Steve, always good to talk with you. Appreciate your perspective on, on, on these very important issues. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mike. Great to talk to you. Take care. Steve Sinsky, CEO of the American Soybean Association. So, as he put it, uh, for the soybean industry, and I think for many others in agriculture, the line in the sand. Yeah, we like what you're saying, administration and, and Cong Democrats in Congress. We like some of the things you're proposing to fund, but we cannot accept the changes that you're proposing to pay for them in, in the way of taxes. We'll get the reaction of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association a little bit later on. Lots to talk about with markets, crop report numbers. Arlen Suderman with StoneX joins us next on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Heading to Husker Harvest Days in Grand Island, Nebraska this year? Be sure to stop by the Syngenta booth to talk with local agronomists and product experts. Then walk across the aisle and visit the Syngenta Square to relax and enjoy a cold beverage. Mike Adams of Adams on Agriculture will be broadcasting live all three days from Syngenta booth 1106. Stop by to watch the show live at 9 a.m. That's booth 1106 at 9 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in Grand Island at Husker Harvest Days. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. 
We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable, now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rall. Today, the USDA releases their WASDE and crop production reports at 11 a.m. Central Time. Yesterday, the USDA released a daily export sales notice of 132,000 tons of soybeans to China. Meanwhile, palm oil prices continue to slide lower, putting pressure on the bean and bean oil markets. U.S. ethanol production increased slightly last week but remains at its lowest seasonal level in five years. U.S. harvest is getting underway in many locations. Weather is favorable for continued harvest through the weekend and into early next week across the Corn Belt. December corn trading two cents lower at 5.08. The March contract down two and three quarters at 5.16 and a half cent. For soybeans, the November contract up a penny and three quarters at 12.72 and a fraction. The January contract up a penny and three quarters at 12.80 and a half cent. For wheat, Chicago wheat December down a nickel at 6.87 and a quarter. Kansas City wheat December down three cents at six. 79 and three quarters. Minneapolis spring wheat December down seven and a fraction at 865 and a fraction. The March contract down six and a fraction at 856 and a half cent. The livestock complex struggled Thursday with only a few nearby live cattle contracts closing higher. Cash cattle trade looks to close this week generally a dollar higher. Hogs made a valiant effort to hold but weakness slowly flooded contracts. Looking at live cattle futures on the Board of Trade, the October contract down a nickel at 123.75, December down 20 at 128.60. For feeder cattle, September down 95 at 154.80, the October contract a dollar seven lower at 158.17. In lean hogs, the October contract down 10 at 85.37. The December contract down 45 cents at 79.05. In the outside markets, the Dow is down 55 points. The Nasdaq composite up 42. The S&P 500 up 1. The U.S. dollar index is trending lower. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rall. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, so we just heard from Steve Sinsky, CEO of the American Soybean Association. Soybean industry not willing to go along with these proposed tax changes in order to get boosts in ag funding. We heard basically the same thing last week from 
the incoming president of the National Corn Growers Association. We've heard from the American Farm Bureau Federation about deep concerns over these proposals. And again, Secretary Vilsack coming out saying keeping stepped-up basis does not protect farmers. He's going to get a lot of reaction to that. And that one, like I said, he may be a team player. Maybe he's just being a team player for Team Biden. But I really think a lot of farmers and ranchers are going to say to him, I thought you were on our team. I thought you're supposed to be leading our team. And uh, that that comment is not going to go well and not sit well with a lot of people in agriculture. So that'll be a story to watch. Uh, story today, of course, will be the big uh, September crop report. As we talk now with Arlen Suderman, uh, Chief Commodities Economist for StoneX, we don't have the numbers yet. We'll get a full recap and review of them up, coming up on Monday's show. Although, Arlen, thanks for joining us. Uh, <laughs> USDA did kind of give us a sneak preview with a little uh, uh, little uh, le leakage in information earlier in the week, didn't they? Yeah, there, there was a lot of jokes going around the industry about some intern getting fired for having posted those uh, numbers inadvertently. And my thought was uh, maybe that qualified him for government service now. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, it, it was an inadvertent post of the FSA data quickly yanked down, but uh, some of us got it before it was yanked down, were able to look at it, and, and then USDA did the right thing by making it available to everybody. Um, does it tell us what's going to happen in the way of changes in acreage today? No, it gives us some indications. But translating FSA numbers directly into WASD numbers doesn't work just one-to-one -one like that. But we can make some assumptions. We think it suggests a million acres, maybe just a little over a million acres, more corn planted. Um, soybeans, a lot of people disagree depending on their methodology translating. We think it means soybean acres stay pretty close to where they are right now. Some people see a notable increase. We do not see that in the numbers. Uh, we'll see what USDA does now. So how much of a market mover do you see this being? Well, I think the market has already priced in a million acres increase mm -hmm. for corn. Uh, it's it's uh, priced in an increase in yield for corn and soybeans. And, and frankly, our customer survey showed an increase in yield uh, for corn and soybeans as well. Uh, the former agronomist in me, though, is thinking, might there be a surprise here today? We'll see. But I don't like the way we finished the year. Um, the the growing season when you finish the way we do yes we got some rains but we were also hot corn doesn't like the heat we had a the seemed like the fungicides kind of ran out particularly east of the mississippi river and so we had a lot of disease come into the corn late i don't like the way the beans finished either i'm just wondering if we're going to get a smaller seed size whether that'll show up in this report or not i don't know this will be the first report based on actual field samplings so it may show up in this report um, but uh, overall, I think that we may end up coming in with a, uh, a little smaller crop, not a short crop, um, certainly is short in the northwestern belt. But when you look at the, the corn belt and the soybean belt as a whole, the good and the bad added together, it, it, I don't think it's going to be quite as big a crop as what some people think. And it's going to leave stocks tight over the coming year. Well, the combines are rolling. That's the the real uh, the real numbers are coming in now. Yeah, absolutely. 
And uh, as they're rolling, we'd like to be moving it out of the Gulf. As soybean harvest started in the south, it was rolling right into the Gulf, lo being loaded on the ships headed for China. Uh, of course, Hurricane Ida put a stop to that. But we know that the export demand is there, especially for soybeans. So as we start opening up these terminals and getting power to terminals, we expect that those soybeans to start flowing significantly once again. And it was good to see China come in with a large purchase of about 54 million bushels of soybeans in a week ending September 2nd reported this morning. We believe the demand is going to be there. We've just got to get the port open and it'll be flowing in that direction as we harvest and we can see actual yields. Yep, we have to be able to to deliver, and we're getting closer to that. Uh, what are your thoughts on where China's at with their buying and their buying pattern right now? Well, as we look at crush margins coming from our people who are operating the crush plants in, in China, their crush margins are good, and we were pushing crush back above 2 million metric tons per week, and we felt like that pace would probably continue because the commercialized hog farms are still getting enough of a margin that they're continuing to restock and expand. Um, however, we saw the in the latest week reported, we saw the crush drop to about 1.7 million metric tons. Um, trying to figure out, okay, how how is that temporary or is that a more, something more significant? The crush margins don't seem to justify that. And we know they've got the supplies of soybeans at the ports, um, so we anticipate that that crush total is going to come back. And if it does come back, we anticipate them taking about 35 million metric tons of U.S. soybeans. Uh, they'd be a little bit lower than what we were this past year, but still be solid, be lower primarily because of South America providing a larger supply. Um, so, but we think the demand is going to be good. And then the question is, when do we get soybeans planted in Brazil? So how early will their harvest be or how late? That'll kind of determine how long we go with that export season. Overall, if we get the business that we anticipate, we think it'll kind of keep supplies relatively tight in that 35 to 5% million, uh, 5 stocks to use ratio, probably closer to the lower end of that, and leave us vulnerable if there's any weather problems along the way with La Nina redeveloping again. We're talking with Arlen Suderman with StoneX. So do you see a harvest rally or not? A lot of it's going to depend on today's numbers. If we get that lower yield number that I think might be in, in the workings, then I think that refocuses the trade on just how important South American weather is and the dry forecast that we have right now for the rest of the month of September for Brazil, for the center west area, uh, I think it refocuses trade on that. If we get the yield increase, I think we probably struggle right on into harvest and we struggle for a little bit. Uh, but I think the time probably comes when we get refocused on the fact that the balance sheet is tight, weather in South America matters, and we do have a rebuilding of demand in China. And again, not getting ahead of ourselves, but this, uh, this battle for acres next year I think is going to be fascinating. 
It will be fascinating because it's not just corn and soybeans. Uh, it's going to be wheat mm -hmm. and grain sorghum and cotton. Uh, all these major crops are going to be looking for area. And we had the price incentive this year to increase area that was planted, go fence row to fence row, so to speak. We've seen the prevent plant numbers that indicate that farmers did everything they could to plant everything they could this year. Um, so it's not like we got a lot of spare ground in there. And this is at a time when USDA is trying to buy more acres for their uh, conservation reserve program as well. So I think the battle for acres is going to be there in another <clears throat> area of support for these markets. Arlen, I always like to get your uh, perspective on the, the general economy and then how that impacts the ag economy. What are your thoughts overall on our economy right now where we're at? We saw some pretty hot inflation numbers this morning, and I think that's a concern. You say, why hasn't that shown up in the Treasury yields? I think that's largely because we have so much money sloshing around in the economy right now um, that a lot of the banks are putting their surplus money into those Treasuries, and that's helping to keep yields down. So we're not seeing it reported. But when we look at the actual inflation pressure, it's there. And, and even in, if we look at China, data came out yesterday, wholesale inflation over 9%. That's the type of inflation that gets extra exported to the United States and Europe. I see more of a perpetual inflation problem that could eventually create some stagnation in the U.S. economy. The Fed and uh, the Congress look to try to continue to push stimulus into this thing to keep things going. That keeps demand strong. That keeps inflation there. Um, overall, this is a market that I think the funds are more and more going to start looking once again to the commodity sector as a hedge against that inflation. It doesn't mean the prices go straight up. It does mean, though, that if that happens, that we have them in that underlying level kind of maintaining ownership. And so when we do have the breaks in the market, they don't go back to those old lows. They stay at a more elevated level. It also means input costs are higher for the producer as well, and we're certainly seeing mm -hmm. that play out. Yeah, I think two big issues, uh, and they're related, certainly, uh, inflation and supply chain uh, problems. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I do think that we'll start seeing the supply chain issues start to work their way out in the months to come. We're seeing workers going back to the ports and working. Obviously, we have the Hurricane Ida issues in, in New Orleans. But as we look elsewhere, the last jobs report showed hiring more people at the ports, getting more of that work through. I think that starts to work through. And then we can start looking at some of these other issues creating inflation. All right, Arlen, always good to talk with you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for StoneX. Just a quick note, uh, Monday I'm going to be traveling to Grand Island, Nebraska for Husker Harvest Days. Mike Pearson will be sitting in for me on Monday, and he'll have analysis of uh, today's uh, crop report. Uh, Mike, uh, many of you see him on This Week in Agribusiness with Max Armstrong. He's going to be filling in for me on Monday. And uh, again, a reminder, next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I'll be broadcasting live from Husker Harvest Days in Grand Island, Nebraska. I'll be at the Syngenta Tent. For those of you that will be at the show, come by and uh, look forward to talking with you. Up next, more reaction to these tax proposals. Danielle Beck with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association joins us next on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. 
54. So, basically, it's too late to start saving for retirement, right? Not right. Starting to save, even in your 50s, can really make a difference. Well, right now, saving seems hard to wrap my head around. Plus, with the way this year's been going... <laughs> hey, listen. It's okay. You still got this. Just go to aceyourretirement.org. It's an online tool from AARP that can help you get your retirement savings on track no matter your age. It's free and only takes about three minutes. I like three minutes. Yeah. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. Just answer a few questions and you'll get a personalized plan and tips to help boost your retirement savings. Tips that are easy to understand and tailored to your lifestyle. I like that too. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Just head to aceyourretirement.org and make your plan to start saving for retirement. Thanks. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. I'll take dig a little, learn a lot for 30 bushels. Soft and crumbly. Tom. How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes, go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark, porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win. Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner, too, through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection, which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and this radio station. When it comes to squeezing the most fuel efficiency out of every gallon of diesel fuel, there's nothing better than Diesel X Gold from FS. Modern engines are designed with more power while preventing harmful emissions. Diesel X Gold keeps them operating that way. With its advanced detergent chemistry that keeps injectors operating like new, and its healthy dose of cetane improver that makes sure engines start quickly and combust fuel more completely. So count on Diesel X Gold from FS. Absolutely the best fuel to power and protect diesel engines. Visit GoFurtherWithFS.com for more information. Heading to Husker Harvest Days in Grand Island, Nebraska this year? Be sure to stop by the Syngenta booth to talk with local agronomists and product experts. Then walk across the aisle and visit the Syngenta Square to relax and enjoy a cold beverage. Mike Adams of Adams on Agriculture will be broadcasting live all three days from Syngenta booth 1106. Stop by to watch the show live at 9 a.m. That's booth 1106 at 9 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in Grand Island at Husker Harvest Days. Each and every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique, original content to their website at DTNPF.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crops, cattle, equipment technology, and more. You'll find innovative topics like, would you plant soybeans in December? Experiments look at the possibility of boosting yields with early planting. Want to save time? Learn how through autonomous machinery systems. Will there be a surge in feed prices in 2021? And what's today's weather forecast for my farm? The editors of DTN and Progressive Farmer are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTNPF.com today. 
These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable, now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, so, wow, busy show. A lot going on. Again, uh, crop numbers out today. We'll have complete uh, analysis of those coming up on uh, Monday's program. A lot to go through here with uh, the Secretary's comments on step-up basis, uh, the proposals that Democrats in the House are making uh, the boost ag research rural energy funding. Uh, as we heard earlier from ASA CEO Steve Sinsky, Soybean industry not willing to accept uh, the proposed tax changes in order to get those boosts in in ag spending. So that's a, that's a big story. And joining us now for a reaction from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association is Danielle Beck, Senior Executive Director of Government Affairs. Uh, Danielle, thank you for joining us. Uh, this this comment, this statement, this quote from Secretary Vilsack, where he says, "Keeping step up basis doesn't." protect farmers it protects investors what's your reaction to that mike i i wish i had a good reaction for you but i'm honestly speechless i have been shocked um you know that op-ed that the the secretary wrote with all due respect just isn't based in reality if you look at the numerous research reports that have come out they all contradict what the secretary is asserting and specifically in his home state of iowa the iowa state university put together research that indicates a a tremendous number of producers in iowa would be impacted it looks like about uh you know more than half of all the farmland in iowa the owners would be subject to tax the average tax burden would be in excess of $600,000. I mean, those are very real impacts. And that's under the, you know, exclusion limits that the secretary referenced in his op-ed directly. Okay, Danielle, we're back. Sorry, had a line drop. Sorry about that. So uh, we, we apologize. Technical difficulties. Talking with Danielle Beck, Senior Executive Director of Government Affairs for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Danielle, I was saying, Secretary Vilsack's been around a long time. Uh, I've not heard him make a statement like this before. All of a sudden now, pushing for the administration, wanting this uh, spending package to go through, it sounds like he's uh, taking one for Team Biden on this, and and I don't think Team Agriculture is going to look very fondly on that. 
Absolutely not. You know, if you look at the tax Aggie letter that NCBA had the pleasure of co-leading this week, uh, you know, that's sort of a resounding message that it should be pretty hard to ignore. This letter was signed by more than 300 different food and agriculture trade associations from across the country, all of which really said with a resounding uh, no, do not change, you know, the current stepped up in basis. So let me ask you this question. I've been asking other ag groups. Is this the line in the sand? I mean, even with all that's being proposed, the the areas of funding that agriculture's long advocated for that would be, many of those would be included in this spending package. Are you saying that you're not willing to uh, accept these proposed changes in taxes just to get the, the boost in funding? Absolutely, Mike. You know, every five years, the House and Senate consider a farm bill. It's a bipartisan process. It's deliberative. It takes years to get, uh, you know, a bill across the finish line and enacted into law. And because of that process, you know, the agriculture committees are able to enact important improvements, reforms, provide funding for, you know, a host of different programs that our producers benefit from. But it's not balanced or paid for on the backs of farmers and ranchers. What's being rammed through the committees right now in a very partisan manner, uh, you know, at the 11th hour and sort of in the dark, um, you know, it's hard to to justify those benefits when ultimately it's going to require a significant amount of tax hikes that really you know are going to impact agricultural producers the most. So, in other words, as much as some of these areas need additional funding, the cost is just too high. It would do more harm than good if you if they push through these tax changes. Absolutely. If you're taxed out of business, you're not going to benefit from any of these programs that are being discussed. All right. So I, I, I think this is a huge issue moving forward. And uh, Secretary Vilsack's comments, I think, uh, are going to they're going to stay with him for a long, long time. And uh, it's going to be some interesting conversations he's going to have to have with uh, with ag groups moving forward. A uh, couple of other things real quick. USDA did expand drought aid for cattle producers. Yes. And, you know, we were surprised by Secretary Vilsack's comments, but all things considered, I mean, he is the the second longest serving uh, secretary of agriculture in American history. And he was chosen for a reason. I mean, he's been a champion on so many different issues. He was selected because of his experience, because American agriculture has been hit so hard over the last several years. And he's, the you know, best person for the job to really provide meaningful support and that drought relief is uh, just one example of that all right danielle we need to let you go we'll talk much more about this in the future thank you very much thanks mike danielle beck senior executive director of government affairs for the national cattlemen's beef association i think that last comment she made about uh, how secretary vilsack has been very supportive and uh Many in agriculture have felt good working with him over the years. That's what makes his comment on step-up basis even more surprising and hard to understand. We'll be talking much more about it in the future. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a safe day, everyone. Hope you'll join us again next week right here on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world.